0: Dental Broker Florida, DBF, is a local brokerage company with a footprint in the counties of Monroe, Miami-Dade, Broward, and West Palm Beach. For the last 10 years, they have been helping the dental community in the endeavor of selling their practice or buying a new one. DBF starts by doing an assessment of the dental practice for sale and suggesting to the seller a fair market price, while from the buyer's point of view, they strive to understand their needs, whether they are a first-time buyer or an existing buyer looking to expand. Visit DentalBrokerFlorida.com for more detail. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Ain't That the Tooth, a podcast by the South Florida District Dental Association, where we take you into the lives of our members and their perspective on all kinds of topics in and out of dentistry. I'm your host, Yolanda Marrero, and today's topic covers Olympic feats. Our guest is Dr. Tara Peterson, who not only is a dentist, but a member of the USA's curling team. Welcome. It's so nice to have you here. Thanks so much for
1: having me. I'm honored to be here.
0: (laughs) Well, this is pretty exciting. I think I I mentioned to you when I emailed you how I am fascinated by this sport. And I remember the very first time I saw it, I couldn't stop watching it. And that's curling, of course. Um, Having grown up in Florida, we didn't have a lot of that type of sport here. In fact, none, if I'm not right. mistaken. And we didn't get a hockey team for forever. I think I was already an adult by the time Florida got its first hockey team, the Florida Panthers. So, and I hope I was right about that. But um, yeah, curling was just something that I couldn't stop watching. I It was that precision and the, the, everything that was going on to me was so interesting, so I'm curious, and maybe I shouldn't be, but how did you get started in this?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. Uh, Curling is a very family-based sport. Um, So originally, my mom is from Canada. Her dad um, was a curler up in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And when they moved down to the States, he continued to play up on the, the Iron Range. So I'm from Minnesota. Um, so they, he curled up on the iron range and we never really got into it, um, because it was a very male dominated sport back in the day. And so he had four daughters, so they, they couldn't do it. Um, there was smoking, there was drinking, you just, women weren't allowed to do it basically. <laughs> so then in about 2000, um, one of my mom's friends was playing in a league at the St. Paul curling club in St. Paul, Minnesota. And said to my mom, Hey, Jay, didn't, didn't, your dad used to curl like you and the whole family should come down and, and give it a try. So we did. Um, the five of us went down, mom, dad, my brother, sister, and I, and I was about eight at the time and we tried it be honest, I didn't really like it. Uh, Um, my parents signed us up for the, like the junior program. It was on Saturday mornings at the St. Paul curling club at 9am. And we begrudgingly woke up every morning to go to this. And the thing that kept my sister and I coming back was the snacks at halftime at 10 o'clock, you'd go upstairs and you'd get donut holes. (laughs) That was the best part about it. (laughs) Totally worth it. (laughs) Absolutely. So, Obviously we kept at it um, and we eventually got on a team and we started traveling around Minnesota and Wisconsin um, on weekends for these tournaments. And they're, they're called bonds And that's what was fun about it is you would, you'd meet some other people and they, they would make these bonds super fun. Like one of them had a karaoke tournament um, and then there'd be little raffles and drawings and just other things that that's what got us involved. And we, We got kind of good at it, so we kept it up, and here we are.
0: (laughs) So were there also uh, boys on the team, or is this just uh, girls?
1: So mostly just females. Um, we We played on like a junior girls team, and now we play on a women's team. Um, but at these tournaments, it was always co-ed, so you could play with boys. Like if one of your teammates couldn't be there, you'd play against boys. So there were there was girls and boys, and that's actually how how you get good is playing against the guys because they have kind of different skill sets. They're, mm-hmm. they're bigger, so they can throw the rock harder. They can sweep harder. Um, so it it's beneficial to play against guys.
0: Yeah, how physical is this when you're when you're playing? Because there is so much precision, and I I just have to believe that your body has to be toned and ready for this
1: yeah you're right so again back to back in the olden days men just um, smoked and drank during the curling it's it's changed a lot I would say kind of 2014, the Sochi Olympics is when it really turned over. One of the Canadian teams that went there, they were just big built guys that and they ended up winning the gold that year. And that's when curling became a little bit more serious. People thought of it more seriously than just, you know, it's just a hobby that you you drink um, and enjoy doing. But yeah, so we, USA Curling, we have um, a trainer that I see about three times a week, just cause that's what works with my schedule. If, if I could, I could go five days a week. Um, And so we do about a two hour long workout with him. um, That's full body, you know, like today I was there this morning Um, today was, we did hang cleans and shoulders. So it was kind of, you know, legs and shoulders and yesterday was chest and biceps. So just kind of targeting the different main areas. Mm -hmm. Um, But then there's also a lot of cardio that we do. I'll go for runs, bike rides, um, do some sprints, things like that to just stay in shape because, you're right, there is a lot of um, physical necessity in in doing the sport.
0: Yes, I realized uh, this year during the Olympics, I didn't, I didn't know that, that this existed or not how long it has, but there was co-ed teams competing. How long has that Mm -hmm. been going on?
1: Yeah, so that was the mixed doubles. And it was one man, one female. And that's, that's been going on for a while, actually. But the first time it was in the Olympics was the last one, 2018, in Pyeongchang. What happened with that sport is curling developed just another thing to do so that other countries who maybe couldn't get four women together, four men together to make a curling team to be competitive enough to play against the best teams in the world, they could, they had one really good man and one really good female. And so they, throw them together. And so what's nice about the mixed doubles is you get other countries involved. So mm. like at the the Olympics, there's only 10 teams. So you don't see as many kind of crazy countries at, at that, but at the world championships, they have, they used to have like 32 teams at that. So wow. there were teams from Qatar. There were teams from um, some places in Africa. And like, we've just never seen curling in these other countries. So it's really good for the sport. There's Kazakhstan, like just, countries that we've never, I've never played against. So that's kind of the start of it. And also from a viewing perspective, um, people like watching it because it's a quicker game. It doesn't take as much time. Um, it's only like an hour and a half. Whereas in the Olympics, the men's and women's games are like three hours. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of a commitment to sit down and watch that. It's a lot to, to play as well. But um, so it was, it was good for the, the fans and people like watching curling. So it was, it was a great thing to add in.
0: Yeah, I I found that very interesting. And I did not realize that it had been in the previous uh, Winter Olympics. But, um, you know, also, it's tough to watch it in the on the East Coast sometimes, because everything Mm -hmm. is happening overnight. And I just Mm -hmm. happened to catch that, I think it was like five o'clock in the morning. And I just Mm -hmm. sat down with my coffee cup, and I couldn't get up. And I I just, I was laughing, because I said, Oh, my gosh, if my husband and I were on a co ed curling team like that, it would be a comedy routine. Uh, I would be Mm -hmm. yelling at him and he would be yelling back. So but I did. I I enjoyed it. Which it it. would
1: work because in (laughs) curling you you yell at each other a lot, so that's fine.
0: (laughs) In Spanish. (laughs) So Right. Um um, so how was your experience with uh being at the Olympics? I'm gonna presume was this your first Olympics?
1: It was, yes. This was my first Olympics um, as a player. Mm -hmm. I had gone to Pyeongchang to watch my sister play. So I had seen it as a spectator, but this is the first time I got to the opportunity to actually play, which was awesome. But I I feel a little bit robbed of the the normal Olympic experience just with all the COVID protocols that were in place. But China did a really good job. We took COVID tests every single day. We were fenced into the Olympic Village, fenced into um, our event centers that no one was getting in, no one was getting out. Like yeah. you were not getting COVID there. Everyone was wearing an, a KN95 mask. It was protocol. So it, it was the safest place to be. But because of that, there's just a lot of things you couldn't really do. So we we weren't allowed to go to the other villages, um, but we were able to go to events that were within our village. So we were in the Beijing Village with the other ice sports, so women's hockey men's hockey, speed skating, figure skating. And actually Big Air was in our village as well, but that was about an hour and a half drive away, bus ride. Um, But you were able to go to those events. So that was nice that you could see some other things. But one of the cool things about the Olympics is everybody eats in the dining hall together. And it was harder to kind of interact with other countries, other sports, because you're wearing a mask. So you can't really tell who people are. It's just maybe not as friendly as it normally is because of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Do you feel that the experience that your sister had helped you to get yourself prepared for your Olympics?
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, So the the team that I played with this year was the team in the last Olympics. It was everybody's second Olympics besides mine. So with that, you know, they have experience and I, I didn't but I I went into it like for, from the mental aspect and the the sports psychology of the sport. I went into it just thinking this is just like any other tournament. And it, it really was when when it came down to it all the teams that we played, we've played before. We played them at the last world championships, we play them when we go to tournaments up in Canada. So the actual curling was was no different than any other tournament and the thing about curling and and our the women's event all the teams are are the same caliber, everybody is good. And it's whoever is just that much better that week or a little bit on the luck of things. Um, cause curling, it, it comes down to millimeters. If you're, if you don't hit that rock in the perfect spot, it's going to roll out. So just things like that. And mm-hmm. when it comes down to it, we were just kind of on the wrong side of things sometimes. And that's, that's the game. Well, are you planning to go back? I think so. Yeah. That's great. Um, I've had a couple conversations with my obviously with my teammates, but my husband as well. And he's like, I just want, I want to go. I want to watch you. Obviously my parents want to, want to come and watch. And so many family and friends, plus it's in Italy and Italy's awesome. So everybody's just like, you got to try for, for Milan, Milan, Cortina. It's like, okay. So yeah. as of now, that's
0: the plan. <laughs> well, I hope you get there. I think that hopefully by then we you will probably have the full Olympic experience uh, because it was, it was yes. very, you know, cut short of a lot of things. And it, it's been a tough year, but I'm glad at least you were there. And uh, it, it's just, to me, it's just wonderful. I'm, I, you've probably been asked these questions a million times, but um, you did walk when in the opening ceremony. So what was that yes.
1: like? Yep. Oh, that was that was the coolest experience. So the opening and closing ceremonies. Thank you for asking that. That was my favorite part of the Olympics because that was the Olympic experience. Like that was kind of the normal part of the Olympics. And we were lucky enough. We were right up front in the opening ceremonies because John Schuster, um, the men's skip for the the men's curling team who won the gold medal last year. He was one of the plate bearers with Brittany Bow, a speed skater. And so we were right behind the men's team right up front, and we got to just walk down. We were one of the first people of Team USA out there. And it's just that jaw-dropping experience. Like, this is the Olympics. Like, this is cool. Like, I still kind of get goosebumps and teary-eyed thinking about it. (laughs) Let me tell you, when I see
0: uh, the the USA coming out there, I get goosebumps. I get teary-eyed. It has been every single Olympics because – it's such a big deal, and mm-hmm. and it's it's the work of many years for you all. That it mm-hmm. it has to be. How can I not be excited for you? I, I'm thinking now, and I'm getting chills. So uh, you know, I had to ask <laughs> you about that because to me, I, I can yeah. I don't even know. I, I would f- I would be in such awe as I step out onto that field with my teammates. Um, that Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, I'd probably pass out, but, uh, but Mm -hmm. yeah, that's exciting. And again, I'm so glad you had that wonderful experience. So I'm going to segue a little bit from there into how did you go from curling to wanting to be a dentist?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So like curling, dentistry is also in the family. Um, My dad's a retired dentist and mom, a retired hygienist.
0: Wow. So you, that was something that you knew you wanted to do, or or you came about it?
1: Yes and no. I obviously grew up in a dental family, and I, my siblings and I always say mom and dad definitely brainwashed us into healthcare. Um, I'm the only one that actually went in the, into the dental um, career. My sister is a pharmacist. My brother is a nurse anesthetist. So definitely healthcare brainwash going on here. But um, I just, you know, we grew up in that lifestyle, and... I saw my parents were happy. It was, it was a good career path. And for a woman in dentistry, you, well, anybody in dentistry, you don't have to work five days a week. I think anybody who works five days a week as a dentist is crazy. Uh, (laughs) Good for you. I would not be able to do it. And it's just very easy to to do more than just dentistry. So that's kind of the career I saw. My mom worked part-time kind of her entire career and loved it. And yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, I I don't think people realize that being a dentist is also very physical. You know, mm-hmm. you're you are on your feet, you are in positions that you have to hold your body for minutes at a time, if not longer, and yeah, you have to be in shape to do it, and doing it every day, it does take its toll on you. So now that uh, that I know that you come from a family of healthcare providers, um, how do you, do you own your practice, or do you work uh, with in a com- um, for someone as an associate? Or
1: yes, yep, I'm a one of three doctors in a small private practice. Or it's not that small, but there's only three of us, so it could be larger. Um, But it's perfect because when I got this job, um, you know, I told my, my boss, you know, I've got this little problem called curling. It takes me away from time to time. And he was, he was all about it. He said, you know, let, let's make it work. And he said, I can only give you part-time. And I said, perfect. That's all I want. And, you know, when I was gone for a month at the Olympics, the, the two other doctors worked the entire time for me. And then the minute I got home, I've been working like crazy because now they wanted to go on vacation. So it works out really nicely for for my schedule. And I think for them as well, we just fill in for each other when people want need, need to get away. <laughs>
0: well, that's good. I'm glad that that worked out for you because mm-hmm. it does give you that opportunity to keep training and fulfill your other dream. And having that... Um, that ability doesn't happen often. There might be people that would say, no, you can't do that in my office, you know? So Mm -hmm. that's good for you. Um, How do you find that your skill as a curler kind of breaks into your skill as a dentist?
1: Yeah, you mentioned how they both obviously take some skill, but also kind of precision. Um, So I, I relate curling often to golf, um, like on the putting green, you need to have, you need to kind of have that feel. And I think dentistry is that way too, that especially if you're working on something that you can't see back there, you're doing endo, sometimes it's feel, you, you can't see what you're doing, but you feel it. Um, so I think that, that plays a lot of part in it. Um, also, like you said, there dentistry is hard. It can be physically exhausting. It can be mentally exhausting. So you need to be in shape in, both in the brain and in the body to to get through the day sometimes. And so I think, you know, when I've been um, practicing dentistry, but also when I've been working on my mental game, working on my physical game for curling, they, they totally overlap and it's, it makes me a better person, but it also makes me a better clinician and a better curler to have both. How
0: do your patients see you? Do they recognize (laughs) you as the Olympic curler or as, as Dr. Peterson?
1: yeah, some of them. So I, I'm not one to walk in and be like, hi, I was just in the Olympics. <laughs> I don't do that. However, um, my, my staff do like, they're like, Hey, were you watching the Olympics? And they're like, yeah. And they're like, well, you know, she was in the Olympics and they're like, what? <laughs> so <laughs> it, it is kind of funny. And then like, before I left the Olympics, there was one patient, like a 19 year old kid. And my hygienist goes, yeah, you know, Dr. Peterson's going to the Olympics. And this kid was kind of, like, kind of had this confused look on his face and he goes, they have dentistry in the Olympics? <laughs> 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 like, no, 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 separate thing.
0: <laughs> That's funny. Well, actually some dental cases could be considered Olympic feats.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> Right, exactly.
0: That's yeah. funny. Well and then
1: I and then I also yeah, I also got that question. They're like, "Oh, that's awesome! You're going as as the dentist for Team USA," and I was like, "No, nope, no, nope, s- still separate." <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's an
0: easy assumption, you know. You, I'm sure you do. You travel with um, medical professionals as well, or or does the uh, so the, is this provided for yeah. you? Yeah,
1: yeah. So the at the Olympics, they the Olympic Committee has all sorts of people. We so our curling team, like we traveled with a sports psych, nutritionist, and a physical trainer, amongst some other people, but those were our medical. But the Olympic committee, they have everything, but they did not have a dentist um, Hmm. that the USOC brought. Um, Tons of doctors, tons of you know, massage therapists and Cairo and, and things like that. But in the Olympic Village, and I never actually went to it, I really meant to, they did have like a medical center for other countries. And they did have a dentist there. Um, and when I talked to our medical people, I said, you know, what, what do they do there? And basically, he was just saying, oh, yeah, they'll, they'll make molds of your of your teeth. I'm like, okay, so they'll make like mouth guards, I guess. And maybe if someone was having a toothache, they'd, they'd do something about it. But I never did get a chance to get over there. And that's one of my one of my regrets to see, you know, kind of what was going on and what could happen.
0: What <laughs> was well, the setup there? Anything can happen. I'll tell you, I worked mm-hmm. uh, with the opera here in Florida and uh, we had dentists on standby in case any of the singers had an issue, and you know if we had big stars coming, you know we had to have yeah. somebody just in case, and there were times you never know, yeah, so yeah, that's interesting. These are things that I don't think people really think about. Do you travel with a whole medical dental team? Does this provided and so uh, at any time there, did you feel um like you were like you needed medical attention, or you were all good to go
1: yeah i I didn't have any issues again the the trainer that we brought with us, he's my trainer that I see here um when I do my workouts, so you know, if my hamstring was tight, he'd massage it. you know we have k t tape available to tape things up so i I did a bunch of work with him, but more so just stretching and massages just because we had you know game after game, and you gotta stay stay ready and physically yeah. fit, but never because I had an ailment or something.
0: Well, I, I find it fascinating. Again, I'm, I was really happy that you were able to come on to our program. And is there anything else you want to let our our listeners know about you and as a professional and uh, well, professional Olympian, because that is what it is. And as a, a dentist, a professional dentist?
1: Yeah, uh, I guess one of the things that I just find pretty cool about Dentistry as a profession is is like I said, that you don't have to work five days a week. You can work your three days and you can have room for other hobbies or in my case, a whole separate profession. And it just, it works. And it, like I said, it makes me better at what I do, I think in the office because I have something else. And so just go after your dreams and don't be afraid to maybe cut down a, a a day at the office to pursue something else because it's good for your your mental health and your physical health and and all that. And I guess if anybody, I know you guys are in Florida. So to be honest, I don't know what curling is like in Florida, but I did do a quick little Google search and supposedly there are four curling clubs in Florida. Really? Where are they? I- well, and I don't know if they're dedicated ice. Oftentimes they are in arenas on high hockey ice and you know on Tuesdays they get to do the curling. So it's better than nothing, but it's not ideal. Um, but it looks like Jack Oh, Jacksonville. I have curled in Jacksonville before. We had the the national championships in Jacksonville in like 2014, 2015 or something. Um, wow! but then so Jacksonville, Orlando, Loggerhead near Fort Lauderdale and Tampa Bay is what I'm seeing on the Google search. Not a single one near me. I'm all the way. Where down are you located? In
0: the, I'm in Miami, Florida, the southern most part of of well, yeah, of Miami Dade County. So now- okay. If I want to curl, I have to go somewhere else. They would have to have a senior citizens curling team is what I need to find. <laughs> <laughs>
1: hey, there is a senior national championships that does go on to a world championship. So that is so cool. Never too late to start. <laughs> I, I agree. I
0: agree. That might be my second. Uh, my, my daughter's always telling me that I have the second half that I have to deal with. My my new, my second act is what she calls it. So I may just surprise yeah. her and say, I'm going into curling.
1: So <laughs> Yeah. See what she says. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Peterson. Uh, I'm really excited for you. And I'll, I'll be rooting for you in Italy. And I'll be looking for you on a box of Wheaties soon, I hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I hope so, too. That would be great. Well, thank you so much thank for having you. me on. And enjoy your probably sunny day. It's snowing here. So I'm oh, jealous actually, of your Florida we, we've life.
0: had a lot of overcast days. And believe it or not, we're mm-hmm. going to have hot weather like in the 80s, close to 90s. But then we're getting a cold front. We'll be back in the 50s next week. So Ooh, okay, well, we'll be in the fifties yeah. too. So we're, you're right there with yeah. us. <laughs> for you, fifties is nice. For us, fifties is like oh yeah, break we'll be in shorts boots. and a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, good thank deal. Well, you thanks so much. much. All right, you have a good day, Doctor Peterson.
1: You too.
0: Bye bye. Thank you for listening. Remember to leave your comments and questions at www.sftda.org. And you might be the lucky listener to get one of our Ain't That the Tooth mugs. Ain't That the Tooth is produced by the South Florida District Dental Association and directed and edited by Victoria Marrero. Our theme music was written and performed by our own Dr. Richard Muffson. We'd also like to thank our sponsors, Bank of America Practice Solutions, CareStream Dental, Hyosin, Florida Dental Association, Dental Brokers of Florida, and Florida Dental Association Services for making this production possible.